Welcome back to another episode of the Ath Geeks Podcast, where athletes and geeks meet. Thank y'all for making this a part of your weekly routine. Anyways, I'm Adrian. He spells. We jump in into this, and we back. We took a week off, but you know, we back at it. How you been, spells? How would you enjoy your week off? I mean, every no week off, so week off for me, man. I stay working. No <laughs> military working me like I'm in the cotton fields. Dang, see, 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 I'm glad you said that, because that's, that's what we're about to get into today. We're getting into that today. Man, see, how, 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 much, how much time you got left in the military? Uh, like, technically, like, four months and some change. But with, like, leave, like, terminal leave, this is, like, literally, what, three months? Two, two and some change. I start, like, leave on the, the end of July, pretty much. Oh, that's perfect then, yeah. yeah. Get, hit that hit that in the end of no, July. No, perfect, be perfect would be if I got out tomorrow. <laughs> hey, I I feel that. I'm glad. I, I've i been out for almost a year now. I hit a year in July, and I can't. I'm, I've been I've been enjoying my year off, and I, I ain't even thinking about coming back. There, there ain't no thought of me coming back. I, I don't even miss. I don't even relatively miss it. I mean, I feel like... I think that um people don't really realize like cause a lot of kids like when you go like when you start going to MEPS and stuff and you start going to your debt and like people you know know you're going to the military but oh man you better do that 20 years and when you turn to them you be like I don't know if I can do 20 they start looking at you crazy but then you talk to anybody that's even you talk to people that's been there like 16 years and like they only gotta do 4 years to retirement they just be like the pain in their eyes, just be like, damn. Yeah, they be like, damn. I still got four more years. I ain't trying to do this last. One. I'm like, bro, you got four more. They're like, yeah, that's a long time. Though. Yeah. The the exception would be like officers, but I think mm-hmm. that's they lifestyle a little different. Um, just quality of life. I mean, more with more money comes more perks, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was this four years. You do four years or six years, man. Hats off to you. I mean, if you can, if you can only make it two years and you got medically discharged or something like that, hats off to you. Hats off to you, cause that hey, you got medically dis not medically discharged, you got medically retired. Hats off to you, out oh, man. When we were at Tyndall, um, what, what was that place? You know that on the flight line side, I can't remember what the building was. I was talking to a um a senior airman over there, mm-hmm. and homie said he had three knee surgeries. Yeah, yeah. And so they were medically retiring him. I said, they they retiring you? He said, yeah, they retiring me, not discharging me. He said, they retiring me, so I'm going to have that check for the rest of all. I said, oh. Yeah. That, <laughs> ho, ho. That medical retirement is like a come up, but it's it's a really hard, it's not something that you can do on purpose, right? It's not like really something you can fake. Like, you got to. You gotta be super fragile, like your boy that broke his knee three times, had three surgeries. Excuse me, that's not gonna happen to everybody. A lot of people can fake it till they make it and get medically separated, but those benefits don't. But that's only separated. That's only discharge. (laughs) You're not. You're not getting the whole. You know. You're not getting out like that. That's 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 the point. And I was like, oh man, I I can't tell you that that last like few months. No, go ahead. What you about to say? I was gonna say like the military wasn't even all bad. It's just. doing anything for too long is just crazy it's it's the lack of freedom to choose anything that really makes it hard that really makes it long yeah the whole military aspect wasn't really 
what I was tripping on. It was the extra stuff. You know, the extra nonsense that come along with it. Because I'm outside working as a contractor right now. I'm still working for the military hand in hand, but on the contracting side. So I'm still doing the same job, still working with the people. But well, well, some of the same people, but it's not it's not the same BS. It's not the BS because, you know, you a contractor, you a civilian, you do X, Y and Z. When you're in the military, they they look at you different. They do things differently. You like, hold up. That's not that's not what we about. Mm-hmm. Like y'all think just because you in the military, that's how you're supposed to do things. And especially with us, because we are <laughs> we're IT. So our military experience isn't the same as somebody that was like in ammo or, security or forces. yeah, security forces or Shit, like all those people. Yeah. yeah, if you were on one of those tougher jobs like that, where you outside doing manual labor, doing working twelve hour shifts, like your experience was different than ours, because and it, and, it, and it's crazy because we're we're treated like they're not treated as like real humans. We're still treated like humans, but that also that's like a um double edged sword because. On one part, it's cool because, like, our part, for the most part, you talk to them like normal and everything. Mm-hmm. But then you get those certain cats that still be like, oh, well, this is the military. We can say what we want. We like, hold up. You're not talking to me like that because I don't let my supervisor talk to me like that. So why would I let you talk to me like exactly. that? Exactly. And then that's you customer facing. So it's like anytime you go out on the job or you interact with, you know, a 06 or whatever, people just start looking at you like they can say whatever they want because you're there because there's a problem you're either there for security issues or you're there to fix something and nine times out of the ten you're not going to tell them what they want to hear and then from there it's just a shit show but yeah, they we, just we definitely cut from a different cloth than like the security forces folks and stuff just in the sense that we had the ability to be more of ourselves you know we didn't have to be you know rank and file we, we were able to interact with you know, hiring the officers and stuff on a daily basis, and it it opens some doors, recognition and stuff. But mm. yeah, it was definitely different because I still remember. You know, we call in Corey, like all the people we hooping with, like Corey and them. We call like they 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 officers and stuff, and we not even calling them by like you know mm-hmm. officer and everything. Like over there, they still go by that officer stuff. Mm-hmm. When you outside the workplace, there's no whole. Oh, I'm gonna call you by. I'm not gonna be able to call you sergeant, whatever. I'm not about to call you captain, whatever, yeah. whatever. Still, the outside the workplace, like that's. Yeah, you you say the last name for the most part, unless you real cool, like unless you real cool with them, like how like I said, like with Corey and them, like we cool with Corey because we were hooping with him all the time, so we call him by his first name. Other people, we just gonna call them by their last name, still like Johnson or whatever. We call you by your last name, but we not about to add all that sergeant and all those extra things because well, that's not necessary. Like we not in the military, we're not acting in the military. No. It's that, and it's just like sometimes once you know once you know somebody by their last name. It's like the first thing really is don't fall off the tongue well. Like, I don't call you Adrian. You know yeah, what I mean? I, I mean, and I, I wouldn't call Sergeant Johnson Rodney, even if we were, like, super duper tight. It just it just doesn't flow. I didn't call my own wife by her first name until ever. I still don't call her by her first name. <laughs> so it's, it's just like that. That's that military coach. It's one of those weird things. Your last name becomes your first name. Then when you go home and someone calls you by your first name, it's like a delayed reaction. I don't know if you had that issue, but I did. Nah, I did because it, it, it was different because like I'm used to being called Harrison all the time. So when people say something else, it catches me off guard. Or when somebody that I work with, I'm cool with, calls me by my first name for the first time, I'm like, huh? I don't respond right away because I'm not used to that. I get caught off guard. And I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, you're talking to me mm. because you're just used to that. 
last name all the time. Shit. But yeah. What made uh, you join? Well, I like it. Yeah, but I was about to ask you that same question. What made me join, bro? Man, I really just needed I needed some structure. I need I needed some, you know, I needed to figure out something to do. So and the crazy thing is it was all off a whim. It was all off a whim. Mm-hmm. So what was happening was I had already I was supposed to go to college to do everything, hoop and everything. You know, I dropped out of college like three times. I'm talking about like three times in two years I dropped out of college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to go to college. I don't want to do anything like that. So I was just working and just doing my own thing like that and just going. It was a cool job. I was working at a car dealership, weekly pay and everything. But so I felt like I was doing something, but I was like, I'm not really, you know, I'm not really doing nothing. I need to, I feel like I need to do something more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, I really need to. I didn't know where to go. I was like, I don't want, I'm not going back to school because I already dropped out three times. If I try to go again, I'm just going to drop out again and waste money. Right. I'm not trying to, um, what's called, just stay here and work here until just slowly move up like that. That's going to take too long. So I was like, shit, I need to do something. Um, my grandpa was in the military and I was like, huh? He was in the army though. So I, you know, all I did was I was like, I was literally at work and I told my supervisor, I said, hey, I'm about to step away for a while. He's like, okay, what's up? I said, I'm about to go join the military. He said, what? I said, yeah, real talk. Cause I'm about to go join the military right now. He said, uh, <laughs> okay. He like, you, you know, you just walk up to your supervisor and hit him with that. He confused. He was like, what, uh, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, what are you, uh, okay. And he was like, all right, well, uh, are you coming back? And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna come back. I'm just going to go hit up a recruiter. I Googled the close recruiter. I'm gonna hit up a recruiter and I'm gonna come back. And he was like, all right. Cool. And so I got in my car. I drove to the recruiting office. I called my grandpa on the way, told him what I was thinking, told him what I wanted to do. Uh, he was like, bet, got to the recruiter's office, rapped with him for a bit. And then I came back to work. And then we started getting the paperwork and everything scheduled. My mom was hot, though, when she found out. Because she was like, how are you just going to go do that without saying nothing to me? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm not even leaving yet. It's going to be a while that I leave. I was just like, shoot. If I, I said, if I would have called and talked to you, talked to anybody else, y'all would have tried to talk me out of it. Y'all would have said X, Y, and Z. Am I sure? All these other things. And I didn't need to hear that. I needed some structure. I was into the wrong things. I was just... I was just out there wilding. So I was like, you know what? F it. Go join. And that's all it was. I said, I told her, I said, it's just a, it's just going to be for four years. I got a plan. We're going to go in there four years, figure it out. And then when we get out in four years, I'm going to be straight. Mm-hmm. I promise you I'm going to be straight. Just give me these four years. I'm going to be straight. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it worked out. I mean, it wasn't a guarantee it was going to work out because I came in. I took that MEPS. I mean, I took the ASTAB and I came in open. And I just lucked into the IT because I happened to score high in electrical. Mm-hmm. And just, that's just, that was all she wrote. What about you, though? Uh, I mean, it's something I kind of always thought I was going to do. Like, it, it didn't just find me. Like, my dad's military. So, most kids that, like, you know, grow up with their dad or whatever, either want to be just like their dad or don't want to be nothing like them. And I was, like, somewhere in between. So, I was going to school kind of like you. <clears throat> I was going to school and then my grades weren't the hottest. But I was in a I was in ROTC, but also stayed at the time. And I was I was really just in it just to see what the what the deal was, if I could do it, if I really had what the, the attitude for it or whatever, if I could deal with people telling me what to do that I didn't uh 
per, like necessarily respect because they, they in ROTC you're surrounded by like you're being commanded by your peers if that makes sense mm-hmm. so it's, it's not like an actual cadre there's a cadre there there's actual enlisted and you know officers there but the people that's giving you your day-to-day orders are you know juniors and seniors at that university so <clears throat> I was doing that so I kind of had an inkling that I was going to go in as an officer but then my grades were just shit like I was not going to class like I was not going to class like I should have. I wasn't studying like I should have because school always came easy to me. So I was like, all right, I can just bust this out. So anyway, I went home on like winter break. And then I pulled out my report card. I was at I was at Ruby Tuesdays. I will never forget it. I was at Ruby Tuesdays, mm-hmm. put out a report card. Saw I had about three Ds and an F. But also State was like, yeah, you on academic suspension. You got to sell the semester before you come back. My dad was like, hey, why you got that face out? I like, don't even worry about it. I'm just about to join the Air Force. And then that was all she wrote. Nine months later, I'm on that bus and I'm on that bus and that plane to Lackland, man. So, yeah. I guess, yeah, you you definitely different than me because you, like you said, you always, that was something you always had in the back of your mind, you going to ROTC and everything. My whole thing, like, I was never, like I said, my grandpa's in the military, but I was never really, like, one of those people that rocked with the military. Mm-hmm. Even when I decided to join, I still didn't, like, rock with the military, rock Why? or anything like that. And people, you, huh? Why? I just didn't rock. Man, I don't want to, you know, get this podcast taken off. But I mean, I don't really, man. It's a, it's a job, bro. Like, I feel like people look at oh, it. No, no, no. I'm not even talking about the military part. I'm talking about the whole, the, the whole rocking with the military, rocking with the country part. Oh, are you? Because, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You, you yeah, said, my mindset was all you, about you know, like you, you said you know, you're dealing with cap is what you saying. Oh, absolutely, bro. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, happened. Yeah. That you know what's crazy? That happened while I was at basic. Yeah, while I was yeah. at basic, and so they were that happened, and I was in um Airman's Week when that's when it first went down because mm-hmm. like the first time he did it, and then so it was a big deal. Everybody going crazy and everything. They over there talking to us, and I'm sitting there, and they talking about, oh, blah, blah, blah. They disrespect all the, you know, MTIs and stuff. And I'm sitting there like, damn, that nigga right, though. And I mean, I'm, I'm right there, right? I was just sitting back there. I was like, hey. This is the crazy part, right? Look, the crazy part about being in the military and, like, being black in the military is, like, you have to learn how to co-switch and shit. So you have to, like, because most of the people, at Tindall, we actually did have, like, a lot of black people we worked with. But mm-hmm. the majority the majority of the time, you're going to be the minority of who you work with. So when these police shootings and mass shootings or even the Kaepernick situation comes up, like, you're taught and basic to kind of coexist with the people you work with. And so naturally, the majority thinks that you're going to agree with their opinions. So when they start spouting off that, man, I can't believe Cap's doing that bullshit. And you'd be like, oh, I can they look at you crazy. They look at you crazy. Like they have no idea where you're coming from. Then you break it down to them, and it's just like, it's like you wrong, you tripping. And then and then you get in trouble for your beliefs, but they can stand ten toes down on their shit, and nobody and nothing happens. And that's the part that really, it really throws you because <clears throat> the military is not the. Man, can I say this when I still? He said, I'm still in the military. Man, <laughs> the military don't give a... Nah, we, the, military the military be playing... The military ain't the black man game. And black men... Absolutely not. Black men succeed in the military, but that's not 
that's in spite of, not because of, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like when I graduated basic, you know, the base commander was a brigadier general or whatever, and he was black, but that's not the majority. You don't look around and you don't see that. You, it, It's just like when Obama became president, like, okay, a black man can do it, but it'll probably be another 40 presidents before it happens again, just because of the way that America is. And the same thing reflecting the military, just the way that the military is, like, they, they gravitate towards, you know, white men as leaders and white men that make decisions and stuff like that. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just what it is. I mean, it is wrong in the long view. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to sit here and say it. It's, it's wrong. It's, it's wrong in the long view, but it's, yeah, man, it's, it's real difficult. And that's really when you join, what I always have to tell people is, you know, when, when I say people, I mean people that are minorities it's just like you have to learn how to play the game you have to learn how to to acknowledge the reality that you're in and then get to decide whether to make it work in your favor or work against it but the thing about the military is if you work against it all it's going to do is it's going to help you on your way out which is fine because you can leave with your benefits but if you're one of those people that want to make a career out of the military you know you have to learn how to coexist not necessarily conform, but coexist in that system. Know, know when to shut up, know when to speak up, know how to get across what you're trying to say. And it's a real it's a real art form. I don't know if you remember Master Sergeant Alexander. Uh, he was our shirt for a hot minute, but he might have been gone by the time you got there. But <clears throat> he took me to the, um, fuck, what was it called? African American Heritage Council. And you know, he put me just about a whole bunch of black people that was been in there for a minute. And they all told you the same thing, man. They just told you, you know, be careful what you say, be careful how you walk, be careful how you talk, and just pay attention. And the more you pay attention, the more you see that how opportunities are passed out to people that don't look like us and, you know, how we get passed up for shit. It's just, it's a dirty game, man. It's a dirty game. Who are you telling? I I know that. I mean, when I first got there, I mean, I got in trouble <laughs> right off the rip when I first got there within my first like week. But um, because I you know my mouth smart, so I already got in trouble. But when I first got there too, uh, Sergeant Johnson pulled me aside. He pulled me and Wachuku aside. He was like, "Hey, y'all new here? Blah blah blah. Y'all y'all you." Y'all black men, we don't really got no black guys in here. Y'all are only ones. He said, I know y'all going to see some other black guys, but this is not the norm. I've been around. This is not the norm in mm-hmm. the military. He said, he was he broke it down to us talking about, like, we need to, basically what you just said, like, learn how to play the game. Yeah. He said, the thing, he said, certain things that they get away with, y'all can't get away with. So y'all got to be on y'all P's and Q's. Mm-hmm. Certain things, X, Y, and Z, he was giving examples. He was just talking about his history. And he was like, so I'm just trying to be like, be smart. Y'all need advice. Come to me. We can talk about, I'm always have y'all back, but I just need y'all to realize, I know y'all going to see some of y'all peers doing X, Y, and Z, but be smart about it. That's all he was saying. Like, be smart. Yeah, he, he kept it, he kept it real. Um, the only thing, the only time me and him really didn't get off, where we we didn't get off twice. Once when uh his wife was tripping and trying to get us to stay there, you know, post Tyndall, she was trying to not let us leave. Well, oh, you talking about because Crystal worked in her office? Yes, she was. She was literally beating Crystal down with stuff, giving her all this crap, and just like making her life hell. 
Bro, I remember I went into Sergeant Williams' office and I was hot. I said, like, I forgot all my military bearing. I went in there. I said, Sergeant Williams, I'm getting pissed the hell off, bro. This, I was like, I was cussing there. I was like, this isn't cool. I was telling her what she was doing. I was like, well, I'm not about to go down like this. Because Chris, you got to think Crystal was pregnant at the time, too. Yeah. Crystal, because we had almost, because we almost lost Sophia a couple times, mm-hmm. you know, while we were at Tyndall. Because mm-hmm. Crystal had super high blood pressure, mm-hmm. and that's why we were going. We were going to the hospital twice a week, every week, driving down to Eglin. So we're doing an hour and a half drive, twice a week, driving down there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she got high blood pressure. The doctor said she needs to stay off her feet. She needs to be in a calm environment. And she's stressing her out. I said, Sergeant Williams, either you handle this or I'm going to handle this. And if I handle it, it's not going to be pretty because yeah. I really don't give a damn about this uniform. And I said, I don't care. And she's like, calm down, calm down, calm down. Can and you mind you, mind you, this? not only are you trying to leave. You trying to leave in the midst of a, a category five hurricane devastating the base that you were just at. You know what I'm saying? So nothing nothing that you knew looks exactly like it was. I if I remember right, you guys weren't even in your own apartment. You know what I'm saying? You got Yeah, our, our place got destroyed. Yeah. We literally got wiped out. We like I know you saw a lot a lot of people got wiped out. We lost everything. We had nothing. Only thing we had left was that car, which was had water damage and everything because it was stuck in the hurricane. Only thing we had was the my PlayStation could crystal pack that and some clothes that she packed. That's all we had. And I was like, so we were living with Tochi and it was six people living in that house. Mm. I'm like, bro, you want us to stay in this? You want us to stay here? My pregnant wife, who's like, you know, the doctor's literally telling you that she needs to get to another place so that she can be around, like, in a calm environment and treated consistently at the hospital. But we have to drive an hour and a half to a hospital twice a week when we can literally just be at the hospital. You know what I mean? Right, and that's why you have to so, advocate for yourself. That's because you leave oh, it to I your did. Oh, I, I went in there hot. Because you leave it to your supervisor and you think the Air Force is going to do the right thing for you, bro. They're going to keep you right where you at. And you're gonna figure out the situation on your own. Then you can see. Oh, absolutely! Because I told my supervisor at first. Well, I talked to Sergeant Johnson at first. And I was trying, and Sergeant Johnson was trying to help, but his wife was telling him a different story than what was going on. So you know, he's go. You go and believe your wife. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know your wife saying that. That wasn't gonna be the cleanest transition anyway. I could have told that wasn't gonna work. Like you know, he y'all cool and all, but you know, he gotta lay down with her. So. Yeah, so I was like, I was trying to explain to him. He like, yeah, okay, I'm going to talk to her. And then nothing was changing. I'm like, Sergeant Johnson, what's up? And he's like, well, she says X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, yeah, she can say what she want, but that's not what's but that's going the thing. on. He's so like, come on, bro. You, you, the, the, the thing about that type of situation is you can't even put another man in that situation where it's like, all right, I got to, you know, mediate between. Like, it should have been more like a, a put me in front of her type deal. You know what I'm saying? Because he can't argue you for you with his wife. Just because, you know, say say he does argue your side down and you get your orders to Texas like you did, now he got to live with the ramifications of going against his wife, which is not ever, ever. When's the last time you went against Crystal and it worked out good for you? Yeah, you. I mean, you're not wrong. My whole thing, but I'm still saying, like, if somebody's in the wrong, that's my. Whole, that's the only thing I differ. Like, I'm like, I'm always going to defend my wife in public and everything like that the only time i won't is if like she's flat out like just dancing on wrong and it's like causing something to happen with other people and i'm like no you're harming others by doing that and that's the only time because i've already had that conversation with her too because she knows Mm. she knows i will so i'm like unless it comes into that scenario i always i'm always gonna rock with her but i was just like so that was that was my whole thing there but besides that yeah he was he was cool 
and we were straight. And then, like, uh, uh, the other time was whenever I got in trouble my first week because, you know, Sergeant Johnson likes the clown, right? Mm-hmm. So the crazy thing about that is Sergeant Johnson was my MTL at Airman's Week. I remember you told me that. So, yeah. So he already knew me. So he was trying to clown me when I first got there and, basically, you know, try to clown me and just make me the center of attention and bear in front of people. And I basically just called him out. I was like, no, nah, this is not how it's going down. And then it got to the point where he was like, you know, well, I'm the, he tried to pull the, I'm the NCOIC, this is the military, you still in the military, you got it, you're going to do what I say. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And it kind of got quiet in the room, the whole office looking at us. He's like, no, you're going to do it. I'm like, no, I'm not. And then that's when Sergeant Vice was like, God damn, this is this is my first day with this dude. He pulled me aside. He's like, bro, you can't be doing that. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, cause I said, look what he was doing. He said, yes, <laughs> just, he said, you're in the military. Just play the game. And I was like, no, nah, what the hell? Like, Sergeant, F that. He was like, Sergeant Vice is the blackest white man I ever met in my life, bro. Oh, well, Sergeant Vice grew up around all black people, so he was cool. That's why I was like, I had a, like, I'm glad he was my supervisor too, because he understood a lot of things because he he was cool with that. He he understood like different things and different scenarios, so he he was he was real cool with that. But um, dang, we 25 minutes, and let's go ahead and take a short break. Now we're gonna hop back in and continue these conversations. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. are back we had that little short break and we backed you know continue talking about our experiences we mainly talked about like some of the more annoying experiences and why we joined in the beginning so uh let's just jump into something else how was your how was post hurricane for you could we talk about how post hurricane was for me how was post hurricane for you uh i got called back pretty quick like two weeks two weeks after it hit so I was lucky I had my, my house was pretty much intact. There was like a tree on top of the roof that didn't puncture the actual structure. Uh, it did like total my car, so I had to use my wife's car or whatever. And the tough part was, you know, my daughter was three months, August, September, October. So what, she was like two months and some change. And so, I, you know, I was going back and forth from Panama City to Ocala, Florida, which was like four hour drive on the weekends. So, I mean, that was really the toughest part. Not having a Wi-Fi was tough. Working those 12-hour days was tough. And like not having, like, shit to do for real during those 12-hour days because, you know, I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not like you. Like, I'm not a technician. So I'm not going back and trying to troubleshoot people's systems, you know, trying to get them back online. I was just going to the vault, recovering ComSec, and then just throwing it in other places. I was... I was keying jets, trying to get them from Tendo back to Langley, uh, just little stuff like that. And it was just, I mean, it was just uncomfortable because, you know, my wife didn't want to be at Tendo no more because the CDC wasn't there. So we were trying to work the process of getting out. And, you know, we had something similar happen because everybody else got told about the humanitarian reassignment stuff. But, like, mm-hmm. my leadership told me, like, oh, if you got, like, a kid with special needs, then you apply for this, right? But everybody else just got told, yo, apply for this. You're trying to get up out of here. So, like, they tried to, like, phrase it in a way where you wouldn't apply for it because they knew my position. And so, anyway, whatever, I applied for it. Then they asked me to stay later or some shit. Like, they asked me to stay to, like, 
I was supposed to leave in January. They asked me to stay in March. I was like, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> that shit was stupid, bro. Like, cause it was, it was really pissed me off. Like, I, I personally did not like the dynamic of the office at that time. Like, we had a couple people in there. We had a couple civilians that was cool. We had a new master sergeant that was like cool-ish. You know what I mean? But she was like. She was like real, real, real blue falcony, like the knees of the military over the knees of my troop, which it shouldn't be like. Then I had Sergeant Cruz, shout out Sergeant Cruz. He was cool, Sergeant Eaton, shout out Sergeant Eaton. They was cool, but it was just, it was it was rough, man. I, was, I wasn't with my wife. I was trying to make sure I was going to get us up out of there. I mean, we literally, when we did get orders to get up out of there, we had to pack up our, our house in like a week. You know what I'm saying? No TMO, no nothing, so. Ugh, yikes. It was it was rough, man, but getting up out of there is probably the best thing to happen for my Air Force career, to be honest with you. Because when I got when I was at Tyndall, you know, whether it was because of immaturity on my part or just you know, some reason they didn't trust me with opportunity, I didn't get a lot of opportunities to lead and, you know, um control programs and shit. But when I got to the base I'm at now, I had mad leadership opportunities, mad TDYs, et cetera, et cetera. Hurricane Mike was the best thing to happen to me. I'm gonna be honest. I got a, got a Lexus hey. in the Got a got a different different duty station. Got better opportunities, which is led me to being better prepared to transition to the outside and stuff. I stayed at Tyndall, man. I probably would have got kicked out the Air Force because I was getting tired of that shit. Yeah. The Air Force is it, it sucks because we talked this whole podcast about like. A lot of shit that really annoys with the Air Force is really, really, really like a great come up. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you come in, you get trained, and then you, you leave with them benefits. You know, you leave with a skill set that's translatable to the outside, and you leave with benefits being able to go to school for free, which, I mean, you really can't beat nowhere else, man. It's it's a blessing. I, I would, if I had to go back and make up my mind what I was going to join again, I would still join. It was just... It wouldn't be so romanticized in my head. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 100%. If I had to go back, I'd still, as much as I like talk bad on the military, if I had to go back, I 100% would because it produced, it gave me so many opportunities. I got, yeah, I think like I'm, you know, it helped me buy my house. It helped me, it set me up for the career I'm at right now and in the people, IT bro. career field. What'd you say? And, and the people, bro. Like, we made friends. With oh, yeah, the people. Friends were bro, like, yeah, like that. Like, you, Belch, all the, like, spirits hit me up the other day. I'm like, like, the people I met, it helped me in so many ways, too. Tochi, like, everybody, yeah. it, it, they they all played, the, y'all all played a big part in my life as well. Like, my wife, too. My wife and everything. That's your wife for the so, military. The tech school. Yeah, my wife's in the military. So, so um, everything went down like that. So we, 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 we straight right there. Like everything, if I didn't go into military, there's no telling where I'd be right now, because there's no way I would have went into it. There's no way I would have went into anything like that. I probably would still either be working at that same place or working at somewhere else. Just trying to work at bare minimum. Yeah. I probably have my, like my own apartment and everything, but it'd be like barely cutting it. It wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be as successful as I am now with the skill set I am now. Yeah, it's like you, the military in a weird way, you know, it it gave you more than it took from you. Like you get, you you lost a lot of like your freedoms to wear your hair how you want, 
you know, talk how you want, walk how you want from nine to five and shit like that. But, you know, it gave, it opened your mind up to what you was able to do through that, you know, basic training or whatever. Cause no one really went into basic knowing what to expect. And then I don't know about you, but week one, I was like, man, they gonna kick me out of this motherfucker. I can't do this shit. And then by week five, it's like, all right, cool. You know, most of the shit they throw at you, you can handle. And then when you graduate basic, I mean, looking back at your basic training is super, super basic. But that's like probably one of the most monumental things that you accomplished in your life. And that's for a lot of kids. Like, I, I like, I think you worked before you went to the military and I worked too, you know, delivering pizza and shit. So we did, we held little menial jobs, but some of them kids is there, like fresh out of high school. They've never accomplished anything in their lives. They never won a football game, basketball game. They never beat Halo all the way through, none of that. So, like, when you complete something that monumental and then it leads you on to, like, another opportunity, it's just, like, real impactful in your mindset. And then once your mind starts telling you you can do anything and you keep that confidence and you actually start doing it, you know, that's how you start seeing, like, leaders of Fortune 500 companies come from the Air Force. That's how you see millionaires come from the Air Force and successful business owners come from the Air Force because their mindsets change and they got purpose and they got discipline and they got tools that they may not have had before or they did have, but they weren't, you know, actively using it right. And then, you know, the military taught them techniques and stuff to scope it and make it work for them. <sighs> Look at me, I should be a recruiter. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you 100% because I'm glad you touched on the the other part of it, like the people coming out of high school that really didn't do much. Like, cause I feel like, I feel like it did more for them than it did for people like us. Like you said, they had, not everybody, not everybody had that same discipline. Not everybody played sports. Not everybody had that same accomplishment and, you know, knew you're the work hard, do certain things like that. Got that sense of accomplishment when you did something like that or got used to somebody beating you down. You know, you know how to get back up and just move on with it. And I think a lot the military, you saw a lot of the military break a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And basically wasn't all that. But you saw like certain people like watch just watching. You see them at the beginning, then you see them at the end. I was like, they're brand new people. Me, I didn't change much because my our main MTI didn't even want to be MTI. He told us that day. Like uh, week one, not week zero, but week one, he told us that he didn't want to be MTI. He ba- he was rapping because week zero, you know, they trying to, you know, blah, blah, blah. But week one, he was just like, man, I didn't even want to be an MTI. I was in the military. I was trying to, you know, make promotion, trying to do everything like that. He's like, I tried to become a recruiter, try to do some kind of special thing to try to, you know, advance. And he said his only options they basically gave him were be a recruit or be a recruiter, be a shirt or be an MTI. He tried to be a recruiter, but then they were like, no. He didn't want to go the shirt route, so he said he became um, an MTI. So, I he probably did the MTI said, shit, too. That shirt stuff is rough, bro. I mean, that's what it sounded like. He said he got there kicking and screaming. He didn't want to be there. So we were like one of his, we were like his second or third flight. So, you know, somebody that don't want to be there, he's just doing it. He didn't yell at us not one time we were there. We basically was just chilling. He he talked to us like we're normal. When people were around, he like corrected us. But for the most part, we were chilling. Like I remember I messed up one time and I was talking to him and I didn't use the reporting statement or anything like that. And I didn't go to the teacher. I was just talking to him. And there was another MTI there, and he, he like his eyes got big, and he was like, "What? Where's your reporting statement?" And I was like, 
Oh, I'm sorry. And I snapped her attention. I, you know, did play the part and everything. But for the most part, he didn't have us doing all that extra stuff because he's like, like he said, he made me a child runner and he sent me up there without teaching us face and movements or reporting statements or anything. Uh, he I said, walked up. What there. was that like for you? Man, they destroyed me. I was so I thought I was about to get kicked out right there. I was so hot because like I walked up there and they're like that you know they correct you on your face and movements. Go back and do it again. I'm like I walk back up there like no, go back and do it again. I'm like what the hell y'all want me to do? Like I'm walking up here like what? Like, I'm getting mad in my head and I'm like like I'm sorry. You can see it on my, you know when you see it on your face you get mad. At, oh you get upset now and they like oh you roll your eyes they start and then that's when they start standing up getting in your face. I'm like. <laughs> oh my god and then i'm like trying to say and they're like oh wrong blah, 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 blah. this you're supposed to say like this this that and i'm sitting there like i'm over there just getting destroyed and i was so hot and then he was like oh my bad i forgot to tell you that you gotta do it like this this is it and then he was trying to show us our face moving there i was so hot because i got chewed out they destroyed you know it's a snake pit there's five of them right there all up there surrounding me yelling in my face i'm just like Bro, what the hell? I just got here too. I don't know what y'all yelling about. Imagine going but, through that and then you go to your MTI and they be like, oh, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, my bad. And I'm like, bro, you serious? Like, that's how you set me up like that. But I, I was hot because they were all, I was more hot at the fact that they were doing all that without telling me what I was supposed to do. That's why I was really getting mad. I'm like, tell me what I'm supposed to do. But they weren't correct me. They were just yelling, tell me I was wrong, 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 wrong. So I was getting hot at that. And then at, like after like you know like five minutes passed, they realized it wasn't going to. So they were just like, get out of our face. And I was like, all right. MTI so I walked off. It'd be so funny because when you think about it, like how MTIs presented themselves at Basic, and then like when you meet MTIs outside of Basic, how normal they are. It's just like mm-hmm. they paid actors, bro. That shit's so crazy. It's like yeah, like like Sergeant Johnson. Yeah, that they, they are nothing like, and I, but you could see Sergeant Johnson being the MTI with the maybe it's the mustache, but like you could definitely see him. He probably got like a little Napoleon complex. Like I would have loved to see him like be in the snake pit. That shit was probably hilarious. Yeah, seeing him yell and everything, he called me out. I was like, bro, and then I see him in person. I was like, God dang! When I first saw him, I was like, God dang! But then he was like, Okay, blah blah blah, whatever. So. Yeah, that that was that was wild, but like I said, our our my experience wasn't that bad. So I got I had somebody like that, and then when I got to tech school, I also had somebody like my military experience was I was really lucky. When I got to tech school, I got this real cool dude named Sergeant Epps. That man just won the. He was a hooper. He was a black dude. He was there was only two black dudes in the on the entire area. And he was one of them, and he was cool as hell. He was chill. He used to like he like we hooped. He used to go out there and hoop every day. I met him on a basketball court, and then we linked. Like he 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 we instantly clicked and everything. So he was like, okay, yeah, you cool, blah blah. Come out there and hoop all the time. Like I get out of class, and you know that little CQ and everything. He come over there, and he started yelling our names. He be like, uh, Airman Harrison, please report to the um basketball court airman so-and-so please report to the basketball court and he called us out of our rooms like that at cq we come down we all go who we go chill we eat like we like he was a cool guy so he was cute he, he was really like sergeant bice a lot yeah so i was like so i went from M- B- bmt having somebody that wasn't really stressing it take school with somebody that was real cool like that and then um what's called sergeant bice so i was set up so when i got the lackland 
Man, my supervisor was super cool. Like where she was like, bro, if I wanted to dip out, or I wanted to skate. She was helping me and stuff. She 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 knew the game. To cats like super blue people, so uh, that's why I started getting messed up. Cause you gotta think, I've been in for like I'm three three years in, three, all that stuff like that, mm-hmm. and then I get somebody blue trying to play it. Man, I was getting in trouble all the time. No, nah, man, my MTI, and this is the importance of having, like, this is how you kind of see the parallels and, like, having a certain type of MTI and certain type of leaders from, like, the start of your career and how it bowed you because you still have a little bit of that bucking, you know what I'm saying? You still trying yeah. to fuck a little bit. Sergeant Hilburn wasn't playing that shit. <laughs> he, he was legit, like, born to be an MTI. That man was making, he was showing us how to make a bed or something. And then we had, like, there was some kids from Oregon. There was hee-hee, ha-ha-han in the back, you know, slapping each other's butts, you know, typical kid shit. And he was like, why am I hearing voices other than the ones in my head? And then he just sat there and just chewing that. And I caught him out, like, why does he have voices in his head? And then, like, he used to, like, just cuss us out and MTI told us to death, man. Like, there was one time, it was, it was a Saturday, too, so we didn't have nothing to do. We had no class or nothing. What do we do? We pissed him off somehow. And it was like something real small. And he was like, all right, cool. Everybody line up on the wall, go downstairs. We went downstairs. You know, we, we spread out 45 degrees to our right, whatever. Started doing push-ups, burpees, flutter kicks, et cetera, et cetera. Went right back upstairs, assembled our weapons for like, whatever the required time was because they couldn't just drill us to death. But they had to give us a break. But it was like the bare minimum of the break that you could have. And we went right back downstairs. Did an MTI tour, MTI tour, MTI tour, ran upstairs, disassembled our weapon, and we did that shit like for a long ass time. And then he was like, if you can survive like being my troop, then there's not a supervisor in the Air Force that can break you because nobody's expectations are going to be higher than mine. And so it's like, that's why I've always been like cooler, like a cooler headed individual when I dealt with like, I work with Miss Van for, for reference. And if you know Miss Van, like, you know, she's. She's still a bit of a firecracker. So, you know, being able to work with Sergeant Hilburn made it easier to work for Miss Van and made it easier to deal with Colonel Kingsbury and made it easier to deal with just any anybody that I thought was like on some bullshit. It just basically prepared me for that. Whereas you, you had to lay back MTI, you had to lay back MTL. And then when you when you encounter some BS, you you treating it like it's like they somebody you know off the street like you know know from Dallas when you know in the Air Force is a whole different affair you just can't handle it the same but, yeah, that's yeah. I remember you used to give me advice a lot too you used to talk to me you used to talk to me about a lot of things and be trying to, and I was like yeah he got you you had a much cooler head on you than I did and I was, I was like, like the way you can't you do that <laughs> yeah the way you saw things it did, it did it did make me change a little because I was like okay I started biting my tongue a little more and doing stuff like that I was like there's certain battles I started, I stopped fighting, mm-hmm. but then there was still battles I did. I, okay, I'm not going to say I stopped fighting the battles. I started fighting them more strategically because yeah. I stopped being like, I'm going to get up in your face, argue with you like that. And I started being like, okay, I'm going to work around the system. Instead yeah. of being like that, okay, cool. That's why, like I told you before, we go to the airmen's defense, um, what's called, like those like attorneys and stuff, and we just go like that. And we go like that, and they're literally lawyers pay. I mean, lawyers that defend the airmen. So I started going that route to where it's like, I and then I'm like, I know 
what I can and can't do. And I know the guideline and the rules and I know I'm not in the wrong, but you're going to try to do X, Y, and Z. So I go to the lawyer and it's just like that. X, Y, and Z. Don't got to do yeah. nothing. Just I ain't never said so before to the Airman Defense Council. I never cared that much. I've I mean, never... I did because I was petty. Yeah. Well, my pettiness is me depriving you of the good working when I get up out of here. <laughs> this, this, it's crazy because not all they send us to the same tech school, but man, they not even passing sec plus at the same rate we was passing it, bro. We've we've had three yeah. different airmen that's supposed to come to my squadron, my shop, and not pass the sec plus test. This is, we we are not an easy commodity to replace. And that's what I was saying too. Like it was it was crazy because when I was there, I saw people fail at like three, four. Like Toach, watch you. He failed it four times before he got there, and I'm like, I passed all my first. Like we get there, but then they treat us like they just have so many things. I'm like, you look at it still right now. Those those IT career fields, they're still critically made. It's like y'all still need people. So yeah. y'all for people that need people, y'all talking kind of spicy. Y'all talking. Y'all treating me mad crazy. Yeah, yes. for us, they be getting out, and then they be telling us, oh, you not, blah, 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 you shouldn't be getting out, you're not going to do nothing, blah, blah, blah. Okay, okay cool. The shop, cool. the shop I'm in is pretty cool, but they be like, bro, why are you getting out? And I'd be like, man, it ain't got nothing to do with you, man. This damage is already done. <laughs> this damage is already done. With you just go, just keep going. Yeah, it's already, it's already done. It's already done. I mean, the damage was done, but I also had the mindset I was getting out right off rip. Um, so I was going to try and do 20, bro. I was going to do 20. Oh, you was? Whoo-wee! I was, bro. I was. I was in the I was in maps and I was like that was I was on my knees. I was like, God bro, if you let me I, I always give it the option like just do me this solid and I'll do I'll do whatever whatever time's meant for me to do. Mm-hmm. And then about about like a year, it was like my I was like midway through my second year, my second year of the contract. And Colonel Kingsbury gave me that uh he gave me a referral APR. Cause I failed the PT test right before, like our EPRs closed out or whatever. And I was going up for BTZ and shit too. And so he gave me that. And the sick part was like Colonel Kingsbury and my pops. And so he was, he was, I was in his office, you know, with the first shirt, my supervisor, whatever, the chief. And like he's looking around. I don't think nobody knew he knew my pops. So like I thought he was like, all right, cool. He's gonna give me this paperwork. Then he gonna put me to the side. He gonna be like, hey man, you know, you gotta, you know. We black man, we gotta do better. You gotta, you gotta be twice as good. You gotta be twice as good. Nah, this nigga was like, you know, I gotta tell your dad, right? <laughs> I, I, you know, I know his dad, right? Yeah, I know his dad. And I was like, what, like, what was the point of telling everybody in this office that, like, it just, it's just stupid, bro. So that, that, that point, I was just like, all right, cool. Like, if people close, if people that got like family ties to you can do you dirty like that, then it's. It's, it's not worth it for me, man. And plus, the money we make on the outside is triple what we get paid on in, like, in the inside. Talk so, about I'm it. The money is much better. And the people, they talk to you so different. Now that I'm out, I see how they be talking to some of the military people. Like those, like the, even like, I work with like um a couple of generals. There's three generals I work with. Mm-hmm. The way they talk to me is completely different than how I would expect they talk to me. They come in there, like the all the all, and then the lieutenant colonel and all and the captains that are in there, you know, they're like their execs. The way they talk to me is completely different. They talk to me like, oh yeah, blah blah, oh yeah, and they talk to you like you like a human, like they see you as a normal person. Mm-hmm. 
because they, they don't know anything about you. They just know you're a contract. They don't know how much you make. They don't know anything like that. They just know you're here to help them. And you're doing the same thing as an airman, but they see you completely different because you're an airman. It's like they see you beneath them. And it's like now it's like they don't they don't trip like that. They talk to you normal. They talk to you about life, sports, everything. You'd be like, yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, man. I, I so, can't wait to live that contract of lifestyle. But look, man, uh, tell them kids, bro. Tell everybody you know, man. If you want to come serve your country, do it for four years. Don't do it for six. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I did, I made sure mine was a four year. I was There was no way I was signing for six. They tried to sign, sell me on that money. I was like, that's cool. Yeah, they got but me. I don't want to be in there. Like, oh, they got you out there? Yeah. I was like, that's how they, why you can say they got him on the same thing. They thought they sold him on the money. I was like, I don't give up about that money i mean we i'm like we're not getting paid anyway so that little money difference not gonna make no difference to me i'm in here with a goal to be in and out in four years if i would have had to do six there's no way i still be i i yeah i, I don't know because I, I needed to be out in four i promise you i need to be out for it i just that just wasn't gonna work um so I want to go. I want to touch on a topic that we talked about earlier too, about the military and the minorities. You remember when all that stuff was going with the Black Lives Matter and the marching and everything that happened went down last year? Mm-hmm. And remember when they were sending out those emails and everything talking about you need to have those surveys, you need to talk to your troops, you need to talk to everything like that, and they wanted to have those like meetings and commander calls and everything to discuss it. Mm-hmm. How did how did your leadership handle that? Uh, they broke us into groups and they appointed like facilitators and I mean that's pretty much how they handle anything the anything that's like extreme in nature or like that's like a hot button topic they just break you into groups and they, they like mix it between the shops and they appoint a facilitator for each group and then they have like a list of questions that are meant to spark a conversation and you, just, you know it's kind of like pulling teeth so I mean, that's how it is. I I personally would just assume rather not talk about that stuff because you're not going to get a true, a true post of what you're trying to, trying to convey in that, in those type of settings, right? Like, no, yeah, I, I, I see, I feel that. Like when we were talking about, uh, it was something to do about like the Confederate flag being on base. Like they asked us how we felt about that and stuff like that. Like, it, it was just, it's very hard to explain. Well, it wasn't that hard to explain that the Confederate flag was racist, but it's just hard to explain like why we have to even talk about this because everybody already knows. So we, yeah. the only reason we're in here is because somebody did something that was unignorably wrong. And now we have to, you know what I'm saying? Now we have to talk about it and say we did. None of the stuff that we talk about is a surprise. You know what I'm saying? The military knew that black men were getting killed by police you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, when they first got stood up, you know, the military knew that there were, uh, what's the word for it? Extremists. Extremists. Yeah, there there were extremists in their ranks way before the the Capitol insurrection, you know what I'm saying? So it's just when when it's caught in 4K, now they got to do something about it. Mm -hmm. That's in in two and a half months, that's their problem to figure out. I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be laid up and say, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, my leadership handled that awful, and I mean, 
awful. And I wasn't even expecting anything out of it, but they still, with no expectations, handled it awful. Um, so the whole thing was, first of all, uh, my commander them got in trouble because they were supposed to have the meeting, but then they kept not having the meeting. So they kept pushing the meeting back when they're supposed to be having the meeting and, that, and they weren't. So, mm-hmm. okay, cool. They finally have the meeting and they say, uh, you have, you gotta go and it's going to be in the, um, break room. And I was like, hold up. We got over a hundred people in the squadron. How are we going to do it in a break room? That's, that's weird. First of all, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That don't make sense. First of all, I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Me and Wachuku go, and then it's like us two, one other black guy, um, what's called two two of my Hispanic coworkers, and then what's called uh, a a white what's called supervisor and a mixed supervisor that's half white half Hispanic. Yeah, and those were the only people military wise that showed up, and they were all from my shop. And if you know the comm squadron, we have multiple shops. Mm-hmm. So only people that showed up from were those people from my shop. The rest of them were a couple like black civilians and everything that came in there and talked. And boy, I was in there like the commander and the shirt, and none of them even showed up. And I was like, hmm, very interesting. Yeah. I'm looking around like, hey, oh, okay, this this is this is what's going on here. Right. All right. Now, now I already knew this. I already I already knew figure something like this. But y'all really y'all really surprised me because you know I was already uh, like feeling something like that was happening because our commander made a racist statement. What well, yeah. was um assumed to be a racist statement before that? Mm-hmm. Because my other black coworker, other than Wachuku. He like he's in the music and everything, so he's playing the drums. And she caught, she's like, she's like, oh, Wiley, she's like, oh my god, you're like one of those little monkeys beating on the drums and stuff. And we're like, excuse me. Ah, uh, yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's that. That's that one. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, excuse me. I'm like, oh, oh, what did, like, you say? did you just call me the N word? <laughs> Yeah, so she called him. So everybody, everybody was upset about that when she did it. So she called him. She's like, and she tried to talk to him one on one with his super. She was like, you know, I didn't mean it like that. Blah blah blah. I was just saying, you know, like how they they play instruments and it's like so funny. So that's how you look. You look funny. Blah blah. blah. He's like, oh, okay, whatever. And then, so you just like, you know, you gotta accept the commander's apology. So I mean, he just accepted it and moved on. He didn't really accept it, but I mean, I feel you. Like I'm. That that's the time for meaningful dialogue. We've been like, nah, that shit racist. Like you can't say <laughs> you can't say monkey to a black person. Like you just can't. And you got as a leader, you should know better. You know how to how to phrase your words in front of the squadron. But yeah, especially like especially you said it in a public setting, like like you said it in a public setting where everybody's around. So everybody's eyes are on you, listening to you because you're the commander, and we're at a squadron of it. Like people. You, you know, all eyes are on you. And for you to okay. say something like that, it's like, oh, okay. So, like I said, that already happened. So, I was like, you know, I wasn't expecting much. And then one of the older black guys were in there. Was, he said, y'all see none of them are in here, right? He said, you don't see the shirt. You don't see the commander. You don't see the chief. You don't see the, what's called, the deal. You don't see none of the people in leadership here. 
he was like, hell, you don't even see the other shops here. He said, you don't even see y'all supervisors here. And I was like, you right. You right. We don't see none of them. We don't see none of them. Like, none of them are here. And they sitting here like, oh, but he said, so that should let y'all know already how they feel about y'all. You know, like, I was like, yeah. I mean, you're not telling me nothing new. But um, the only like the dude, only dude that was actually like fully white, like I said, we had one of my um supervisors. She's half white, half Hispanic, and she's so, so whatever. She always makes fun of white people. She don't even claim her side. And I was like, you can't just not claim your side. But she tried to not claim her side. But the only actually full white person there was um that NCO, and he was like, dang, like, he was sitting there listening. He, he was like, he was like, honestly, sitting here listening how y'all talking everything. He's like, this is kind of like. This is an eye opener. It's kind of like a slap in the face because he's like, I don't know how I was ignorant to all this. I didn't even know a lot of these things were going on in the squad because people were just talking about injustices happening in the squad. He's like, I didn't even know. He's like, he's like, I, I he's like, he was like, really, like, I apologize. Like, I, I, that I was just, I didn't see these things or I was ignorant to them or I don't know if I didn't want to. He's like, I don't, I don't know. I can't explain it right now because he's like, he's like, he was basically like, I'm sorry, you know, and I'll do better. I can't. I, I, you see how nobody else is here, but I can't speak for them. But he was basically like, I'm gonna try to do better. Yeah, yeah man, like, it's, it's, it's not a problem that you can fix for those high performance, man. It's, people got to fix it within themselves, and that's what anything else in the world, man. Like, unless people are willing to change, change won't come. And you can try and bring exactly. awareness to it to like put the spotlight to show, like, oh, it's not, it's not like we're not trying to meet them halfway. Like, they just have to be willing to change, but. Even even when pinned to a corner, man, people people with that that mindset won't they won't change and they won't flip themselves. But that's why I don't lose sleep <laughs> trying to change the the way that people think. Really. I mean, I feel that too. I feel that too. That's why. But you would think somebody like leadership, like so, it's a do shirt chief and excuse me, a commander. Like they've been in the military all around fifteen, at least fifteen plus years. You know what I mean? I know where you got to so go with this. Think, I know where you got to go with this, but you got to ask yourself: Is the mission getting done? That's true. That's true. If the answer is yes, then nothing else matters, and that's the military in a nutshell. That's the whole episode. Is the mission getting <laughs> done? Is the mission getting done? Yes. Stop here. No. Then there's a whole whole bunch of other bubbles that you have to go. That's when EO and stuff comes in, right? When stuff starts affecting the mission. As long as the mission is getting done. Then nothing else matters. Yeah, that's the problem though. They put they put the mission before the people, and it's like you put the people first, so that the because the mission's gonna always be there. The people aren't always gonna be there. You put the I always thought like you put the people first because if you put the people first, I guarantee you the mission will be done. Because the mission gonna get done regardless, you know. Because there's just no if ends or buts about the military getting the mission done. Uh, we don't have like an option. It's either we're gonna get the mission done or we are gonna be working eighteen hour days and weekends to get that mission done. Right, so, so like, the mission gonna be the mission done. gonna get done regardless. They don't have to. They don't have to worry yeah. about how you feel. Yeah, that is true. They don't have to. For, for, but my whole thing is like, why would you not want to make life easier on yourself? Then you won't have certain problems and certain like things. And I don't know. It's just my thing. Why would you not want to take care of your people if you know the job won't get done regardless? Because the job will get done better instead of half ass, and then we just do the bare minimum. And then, it, yeah, we might do the bare minimum and take the whole eight hours, mm-hmm. or we could do it, work hard, get it done in a few hours, and then do extra and get other things done to where you're really looking good. But 
you rather just be like, nah, they can just do the bare minimum because I don't want to have to exert myself to try to change my ways and try to change my my whole thing is their 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 leadership. They're supposed to be doing that. I don't know, but in the day, man, yeah, that's, I don't want to say what I want to say. I mean, f that flag, f the military. Holy shit! <laughs> hey man, God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta keep my clearance, bro. <laughs> what you talking about? Right. Oh yeah. I used to get in trouble. Like I used to say that. Watch you. He's like, you can't say that. And I was you like, you can't bro. say that. I'm like, yeah. I was like, I'm I, only here for the check and the job. This is a can't job. Wait for your reinvestigation, but if you're like, yeah, I was, I was looking at the App Geeks podcast episode 102. <laughs> but yeah, the one you dropped on the 23rd of April. Yeah. Hey, can you explain what you meant when you said mm, fuck America, fuck that flag, fuck the military? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> you, you say you went to talk about top secret clearance? Hmm, okay, well, we'll get back to you. Yeah, we'll get back to you. Yeah. You know, everything like that, yeah. Man, I mean, I be, I say that, I say that a lot, but my whole thing isn't, my whole, like, when people, when I say that, I know people take it the wrong way. I don't mean it as in, like, literally F like that. My whole thing is, like, this country doesn't really care about me and my people, like the whole, remember with the whole Muhammad Ali thing when he didn't want to go over in the war and everything. Mm-hmm. They kind of like, kind of like that. Be like, this place don't care about me and my people. My battle's here. My battle's not anywhere else overseas and everything like that. My battle's here against y'all. So yeah, so that was just a really fly way of saying he was scared to go to war though. Like he, he man, was right. I'm not saying that. Like yeah, I guess you. I guess it guess is up for interpretation. My whole thing is I'm not like I'm not scared of the military. I'm not scared of anything like that. My, but I still do believe that whole f things like that. And I was in the military and I did it and I enjoyed my time. And I, like I said, I go back to the military. But my whole still thing was my whole mentality the whole time was this place don't care about me and they're gonna get everything out of me. So I'm gonna get everything right back. Everything that they try to take from me, I'm gonna take back like as much. So that's why I was like, that's why I tried to get, I tried to use all my benefits I could while I was in the military. And I'm cashing in on as many benefits as I possibly could when I got out. Because I was like, they they were going to do like that. I'm going to do it right back. 100%. But, but I mean, that's just, that's just how I feel. Like with the, I'm always going to rock with my people first. That's just how it is at the end of the day. Hey man, you're an American hero. That's all, that's all I got to say. Can get the hell out of here? I'm sick of you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but man, we, we we before I go on on a rant, I don't need to go down and before we really get kicked out of here and really be on the wrong end of this side. Let's go ahead and end this episode. Thank y'all for listening. Y'all been y'all just tuned into another episode of the Ask Geeks podcast. Always, 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 always remember to respect yourself. That goes with all facets of life. And oh, I messed up the whole ending. Oh, golly! Oh, always remember to respect. Anymore? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm glad you correct me. I'm glad you peeped that. Cur- nah, I was going to let it rock. Nah, always remember to respect women. Most importantly, remember, though, to respect yourself. And we out.